0: and closing theme is by midnight syndicate for more dark instrumental music like it visit www.midnightsyndicate.com or find them on youtube spotify apple or alexa true crime
1: stories are discussed in this podcast which may contain graphic and disturbing content listener discretion is advised
0: welcome back to freshly Brewed noir i'm summer and i'm jennifer and this is episode 28 isei sagawa
1: Yes, once again, he was not on the schedule this <laughs> month, but we're throwing him in. We're doing our own thing. March has continued to be chaotic, and so we must adjust.
0: It's almost over. We have, what, less than a week. Less than a week.
1: And April should hopefully bring us some kind of peace or slow it down a, a little a break. bit.
0: break. Yeah, give us a break. April, please. I know. It's
1: like the universe right now is telling us, like, how much can you handle? Let's keep on throwing <laughs> even more at you. I know Summer can relate to this.
0: I can. Yes. I'm looking forward to April. That's our trip month. And then some good things are happening for you and for me, hopefully. We'll see. Keep
1: your fingers crossed for us, please.
0: <laughs> yes, please do.
1: Yeah. Because I think Summer had a um, an alien encounter this month. Had <laughs> <laughs> <don't>, an alien experience. <laughs>
0: I had a bit of a traumatic weekend. Definitely unexpected. Spent the weekend in the hospital. Had an emergency surgery. Not planned, not elective. Um, yeah, so happy to be here and okay now. Yes, we're happy you're still with us. Yeah, because you'd be doing this by yourself right now. That would be a sad podcast. How would you be like, then I'm sorry, Summer died, but can I have the laptop? So I, have <laughs> I wouldn't have to do it anymore. Like
1: I, I would just be too sad. <laughs> Like, you would have just... to keep it going no okay there well, can't re-
0: me... replace the co-host let me just tell you i would i would not keep it going either i would be <laughs> too sad it would be awful
1: yeah so i guess there it's a consensus between us that but if yeah. either of us are gone too soon
0: <laughs> so is the podcast <laughs> continue to sell our merch though definitely
1: It's cute. so Yeah,
0: I give you my blessing. I'm sure you give me your blessing, but we'll try and hang in there. Yeah, well, you are doing a great job. (laughs) I'm trying, man. (laughs) Thank God for my feisty genetics, both sides. Just won't let me die. (laughs) Well, we're glad for (laughs) that.
1: So, to jump into this episode... You haven't heard of Issei Sagawa, right?
0: So you thought I had. You said there was an episode Necronomapod did on them. As we're going through it, it may jog my memory.
1: Okay. Well, we do cover so many serial killers. So <laughs> I've
0: listened to so many episodes of everything, so I don't know. Okay. Well, for those of you have, who have heard
1: of Issei Sagawa, you know his story. For those of you who have not heard of him, we apologize in advance because... You may become nauseous while listening to this. Because he was
0: a cannibal, right? Yes. And that does make me nauseous. I can't get it. I don't understand the desire. And he talked about how he enjoyed it. It wasn't, Oh, yeah. It was like he was into it. Like he was at a buffet. Yes. <laughs> favorite restaurant. Much, yeah, <laughs> that
1: was his. He'd compare it to that, I'm sure. It was like delicacy to him. It's gross. I don't understand that at all. But just a warning, you know, I hope you're not eating while you're listening to this.
0: <laughs> if you're
1: easily nauseated. Yeah. If you have an iron stomach, then good for you and you'll be fine. Keep eating. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So are we ready?
0: Ready. Where, now, where is he from? Japan. We're going oh, to Japan again. Japan. I love it. I wish we were really going to Japan, but we'll just do an episode on it.
1: Yeah, I guess... In lieu of actually visiting, <laughs>
0: we'll just cover another case. <laughs> we'll just keep covering cases until we can actually go. I like it.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, I have a photo of him.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, this will have to go in our stories.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yes. Wow. Because if you don't know what he looks like, you should look him up. He has a very um, interesting look.
0: It's like a whole entire piece of his like head is missing where his hair should be. <laughs> so well, That's a comb over?
1: That's what I was trying to figure out. I was like, who are you trying to fool, sir, <laughs> <laughs> with this
0: comb over? It's like he took it from one side and attached it to the other side, but then there's stuff missing behind it.
1: There's a big space, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah I'm not sure what he's going for. And then is that all his hair on the side? Just yeah. Come, okay. Right. Yeah,
1: I believe this is a photo of when he was arrested.
0: I think you and I can agree. The comb is not a good look on anybody. Yeah. Get yeah, rid of it, guys.
1: Let's not bring that back. No. Mm-mm. All right. Well, let's talk about when he was born. Issei Sagawa was born in April 26, 1949, in Kobe, Hyogo Prefecture, Japan. He was born prematurely and was small enough to fit in the palm of his dad's hand. He was physically weak from the moment that he was born, and his legs were skinny like little pencils. She was
0: tiny, tiny.
1: Yes. And his, you know, he was just a weak baby when he was born. And I think that just carried on into, you know, when he was growing up. He developed enteritis, which was inflammation of the intestine soon after, and was treated with injections of potassium and calcium and saline. When he hit puberty, he would be just under five feet tall, So, Oh, that is little. That was like me
0: going into high school. I think I was like four foot nine or something tiny. I know, but you're pretty tall now. Like you're five, eight, five, seven. But going into high school, I was tiny. I grew my sophomore year, sprouted up. I see. You had your growth spurt. I had my growth spurt. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think I was probably pretty average, five, four, five, five. Going into high school? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I never grew anymore.
0: (laughs) I was a late bloomer. (laughs) I looked like I was ten going into high school. Did you? <laughs> I really did. I'll have to show you pictures sometime.
1: Okay. He came from a wealthy family. His father's name is Akira Sagawa, and he has a younger brother, Jun Sagawa. His father served as president of Karita Water Industries, and his grandfather was an editor of the Japanese newspaper the Asahi Shimbun. His mother's name isn't released, so I couldn't find much information on her, but she's involved in his life as well. And there's photos of them together, but
0: can't find her name. So did he have loving parents?
1: It sounds like, yeah, it sounds like he had a pretty good childhood. Okay. In an interview, he reports that he partook in instances of bestiality, because they did have a dog. Oh, no. Poor dog. No. As a child, his father and his uncle would play a game with the boys, where they pretended to be giants who wanted to eat them and put them in a pot of stew. So, you know, it's like those made up games that, you know, in your childhood, you just kind of play because your imagination is running wild. But it's
0: kind of like foreshadowing a little bit. So the dad pretended like he was going to eat the kids?
1: Yeah, like I'm pretending to be a giant and just like messing with them and stuff.
0: And do you think this like had an impact on him? he remembers it fondly so <laughs> so and he took it literally <laughs> he
1: might he, he may have so yeah so he always says that he had a great childhood
0: and yeah because he was pretending to be eaten or eating people like what so to him that I think was he, fun uh,
1: yes yeah, i think he was
0: having fun like it was those great games. to pretend we were cannibals when we were little
1: <laughs> yeah well he took it to another level later <laughs> in life <laughs> So he attended school in Kamakura, Kanagawa Prefecture when he was in grade school. He developed an interest in literature and began to have cannibalistic desires for the first time. He said that when he saw the quivering meat on a male student's thigh, he thought it looked delicious. Oh, oh, God. (laughs) No. You don't? Have you ever had that? No.
0: No. There's nothing, like, appealing Dietary wise, to me,
1: <laughs> appetizing.
0: <laughs> yeah, about somebody's thigh. That's disgusting. That would, I guess, give you a clue that you're going to be a cannibal if you start thinking someone's thighs are tasty. Yeah, maybe
1: he was looking at them like they were chicken thighs. Oh my gosh! You know? What does what, that taste what, like? What causes your brain to do that? I mean, and when you think about, I mean, you you usually don't think about eating human, human? flesh, right? but it doesn't sound appetizing no
0: it sounds
1: no, like it'll it would be like, doesn't. tough and gross it, it doesn't
0: sound right not seasoned mm-hmm. Not <laughs> seasoned <laughs> maybe he was a naturalist
1: <laughs> we'll see <laughs> but he does clarify that he's not homosexual and so he would not eat a male's flesh so is
0: he homophobic
1: no he just just not it's just not his cup of tea like it looks delicious but i don't want to eat that if it's on a man but he said the male's thigh
0: made him think, it, like, look tasty.
1: Yes. But because it was on a man, he was probably not going to pursue that. So he's like,
0: let me redirect my hunger to these females over here.
1: He says that when he sees, like, skin being revealed, that's kind of his thing. Like, oh. it sets him off. <gasps> Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, you know, normal for And us. we're
0: eating chicken wings after this. <laughs> Good choice, huh?
1: I'm sure we'll be just fine.
0: <laughs> should have thought about that. Uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be just fine.
1: <laughs> it's like, we'll just um, compartmentalize this. Yep.
0: And <laughs> Lock it eat. away. We'll dig. As soon as we smell those wings, we'll be fine. Yeah. Because like, they're not human. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so throughout his childhood, he said he felt a sense of self-hatred, which he believes contributes to his fascination with cannibalism. Since he only wanted to eat beautiful women, it seems like he wanted to absorb their beauty or energy, through that act. He'd describe himself as weak, ugly, and a small man. He became enamored with Western women like Grace Kelly and would fantasize about eating them. And he'd say that this feeling was an extension of sexual desires comparing it to how you feel when you want to kiss someone. So this is a quote by him. Quote, It's simply a fetish. For example, if a normal man fancied a girl, he'd naturally feel a desire to see her as often as possible... To be close to her, to smell her and kiss her, right? To me, eating is just an extension of that. Frankly, I can't fathom why everyone doesn't feel this urge to eat, to consume other people.
0: Well, I'm glad we don't fathom it. There wouldn't be any of us left. <laughs> oh, well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, if we were all cannibals, okay, people would have to die. So, we Or would, would be- they? Well, yes, or we'd be walking around with pieces of flesh, like, <laughs> like on bite marks. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, how do you decide, and then who gets to eat whom? That's just disgusting. Yeah, something is off with that man. I think you're right. <laughs> like,
1: there's definitely. I something. I think any
0: cannibal, any cannibal, there is something different in their brain for sure.
1: Yeah, I don't know how you normalize that or how you make it so that it makes sense to yeah. people. I don't. You get, know, I don't get it. <laughs> So he suppressed his cravings for human flesh by constantly masturbating. Because this is a sexual thing for him. It's not like a hunger thing. Yeah. So that's how he tried to control it. But that didn't work. I mean, it worked for some time.
0: <laughs> how long?
1: Um, 32 years.
0: Oh, well, why didn't he continue to masturbate then?
1: He couldn't fight it anymore. Desire became too strong. So in 1972, he broke into the Tokyo apartment of a young German woman with the intention of eating part of her body. He looked around for something to hit or stab her with, and he found an umbrella that he was going to hit her with to make her unconscious. However, the woman woke up before she was attacked
0: and was able to overpower him. Because he's a he's small, tiny. Man. <laughs> yeah, he's a tiny little cannibal. And she was like a tall, uh, woman. So... Tall German woman. She was like, nope. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> Nine is right. <laughs> it's not happening tonight, buddy.
1: <laughs> nope. And so he was arrested for attempted rape because the police did
0: not realize he intended to. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, You were gonna You were gonna sexually assault that woman. He's like, Sure I was. Um, yep, that's it. No, we'll go with that. <laughs> that's that's exactly what I wanted to do, officer. <laughs> like but deep down he knew. John, he wanted to take a bite out of her. Oh my god. Yeah. Since
1: his family was well off, they paid a settlement to the victim to not press charges against Sagawa, so he was released and the case was not pursued. They were thinking maybe it's an attempt. <sighs> like a sexual assault attempt, and then victims paid off. Just leave it alone. They didn't know that there was this, like, other desire behind The parents
0: didn't know this. Or the police.
1: I don't know. I don't think anyone knew at this point.
0: Or the German girl that kicked his
1: ass. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So Sagawa obtained a master's degree in English literature from Kwansei Gakuin University, And in 1981, he moved to Paris to study language and literature at a public research university, Sorbonne. He studied and worked as a writer in France for a number of years after this. While in this new environment, his urges became more difficult to resist. He says that almost every night, he would bring a prostitute home and try to shoot them
0: from behind. But he was too short and couldn't (laughs) raise the gun high enough. Or he was too scared. He was too scared? Okay.
1: Yeah. He would like literally have it raised and he was like in the back of his head, like my life is going to change after this. I can't do it. I shouldn't do it. It's not like he felt badly for the women it was he was just too cowardly. Okay. Wish
0: he had remained cowardly.
1: Me too. He'd typically feel this urge when they were washing themselves in the bathroom with a bidet. For some reason, it became less about wanting to eat them and more about this obsession of the idea that he had to carry out this ritual of killing a woman no matter what. But he said that there was an instinctual feeling that would make him unable to pull the trigger because he knew his life would shatter. Okay. As he was attending university, he met another student named Renee Hartvelt. She was a Dutch student born in 1955 and was 25 at the time. He said that all of the French women that he had met before were stuck up and out of his league, but she was friendly and warm with him and she
0: unfortunately Darn it. why couldn't she have stayed just a bitchy french woman well she was a dutch woman and she was just she was just a nice person and
1: wanted to give him a chance i was reading that she enjoyed his intellectual conversation and really wanted to be his friend so she just seemed like
0: you know she was nice you're dutch you are nice see and i'm french i can be a bitch <laughs> uh,
1: well so can i, <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> So they'd become friends, and she would go over to his apartment frequently to give him lessons in speaking German. One day, he saw her washing her hands in the bathroom, and his mind would go back to the time where he would feel the urge to, to shoot the prostitutes when they were in the bathroom. He became obsessed with the idea of eating her flesh, and so he started plotting on how to do so. While behind her, he pointed a gun at her back, but couldn't shoot. She had no idea that this had happened, though, and would return the next day. On June 11th, 1981, he invited her over for dinner and for practicing with him speaking German. He had a cassette player and asked to record her reading a poem. While she was distracted reading poetry, he snuck up behind her and shot her in the neck with a rifle. With
0: a rifle?
1: Yeah, so when he first got to France, he purchased a rifle for protection. Okay. And this would be the same gun that he would attempt to shoot prostitutes with, and also the one that he would use to commit this crime. She fell over and was killed instantly. He said he only felt remorse for a split second and wanted to call the police, but realized that he had been waiting for this day for 32 years. He fainted immediately
0: after. Then he proceeded to (laughs) rape her corpse. (laughs) he shoots her he faints (laughs) then he wakes up and rapes her yes dead corpse yep
1: necrophilia
0: oh oh adding that to the cannibalism okay yeah so he's he's such a catch wow but
1: i thought it was so funny that he
0: fainted like like, what are you doing (laughs) this is so horrible maybe this is not for you he can't can't, obviously (laughs) can't handle it you know and she was so nice is that a picture of her right there
1: yeah she it has is. a very
0: kind face. Yeah, she she seemed
1: like she was a good person. People would say that he seemed creepy, and I guess she was trying to just give him the benefit of the doubt and Aww. kind of just be the nice person. Yeah. But
0: maybe there's, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? Maybe. if I know. And that's like, I don't like bullies or people who think or people who don't give other people chances. But again, if people have a weird feeling about something, you should listen to your gut. But she just might have been one of those that was just very...
1: Yeah, like maybe I'm wrong about this person. Right. Let me
0: just get to know him.
1: And then she ended up learning that he was very smart and they had some things in common. Just a kind person.
0: Yeah. Again, serial killers know how to find those people. They,
1: they do. They do. And he's not a, sl- a serial killer, but. He only killed her? He only killed her, yeah. Really? He only committed one murder. But he had wanted to commit multiple. He just never went through with it. Because he kept fainting? He kept fainting or <laughs> he was too scared. <laughs> So he tried to cut her with a fruit knife, but it wasn't sharp enough to break through the skin. So he had to go to the market and purchase a butcher knife. This is his account of what happened after. Quote, The first thing I did was cut into her buttocks. No matter how deep I cut, all I saw was the fat beneath the skin. It looked like corn, and it took a while to actually reach the red meat. The moment I saw the meat, I tore a chunk off with my fingers... And threw it into my mouth. It was truly a historic moment for me. Ugh.
0: No, no.
1: I wouldn't say that's uh-uh. his uh best moment.
0: Oh God. So he obviously truly is a cannibal if he found this pleasurable.
1: Yeah, And he does say that he tried to like bite into this into her butt, mm-hmm. but his teeth were not sharp enough, and so he said he kept getting um, like his jaw felt like sore. After he was trying so hard
0: to chew. <laughs> just a weak little man, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He is. I don't know that we're meant to chew on people's flesh though, so maybe that's why. I don't know. Well, just he was, guessing.
1: He was determined to find a way somehow. It was his fantasy. He's disgusting. He is gross. He says that if only he'd been able to spend more time with her. And even, like, just one more day, he probably wouldn't have killed her because she wouldn't have become personified meat to him.
0: What does he mean by that?
1: Meaning, like, if this was actually, like, someone he felt was a friend or someone he had a bond with, like, he well, wouldn't eat them.
0: Wasn't she over there before teaching him German? Yeah.
1: But I guess at that point, he had it in his mind already and he didn't have that bond with her he didn't feel that
0: that makes no sense it's not like he gave her a chance to make like a further bond
1: yeah i think this is just his way of not putting it on himself it's like
0: her fault it's her fault for not making herself a friend yeah i think so that's that's ridiculous
1: (laughs) yeah and that's that's why like it was so easy for him to have that idea with the sex workers because like he didn't have any emotional bond he was ready to kill them but he was not ready because he was- But he, just... but
0: he killed somebody who's actually a friend. Mm-hmm. Is that him by her butt?
1: What? <laughs> so we have some photos here and it's going to take some or a minute to process. Those are her legs? Those are her legs. So he bit
0: a chunk out of her, her calf. So that doesn't even look real. And it looks like, okay, above her right knee, it's all gone. Did he take off all that flesh?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. He cut off- he cut off the flesh and saved it in his fridge. It's not
0: even like the only thing you can see is like her right leg from the knee down. And then on her left leg, there's a huge chunk taken out, but the back of her, like her hamstring, the back of her left thigh is gone. Is that her pelvis just gone, mutilated? Yep. That was, he liked that part. He liked the intestines, all or of the that. belly. Like, yeah. why? I don't get it. We
1: won't get it. We'll never get it. And that's
0: her face. Did he eat her nose? Yes. Ugh. Yes. So let me, let me... Did he do a selfie with a knife and fork above her body? Oh, yeah. He's disgusting.
1: So he says his only regret was not eating her while she was still breathing. Because he
0: didn't want to kill her. He just wanted to eat her. Let, just torture her. Well, I'm, I'm glad she didn't suffer.
1: Yeah, that's something we can be glad about, <sighs> because I can only imagine. He took photos of her body and the stages of eating her. So... Like I was saying, he's got plates full of her flesh. The fridge is
0: full of blood and pieces of like her. Completely full, like all throughout. It's full. That's her body. Yeah.
1: I don't know why he took this photo.
0: She's laying face down. This is obviously after she has been murdered, right? And he's got his mouth open like he's going to bite her buttocks. Yes. Mm hmm.
1: And then he's got a fork and knife and some, and you Above can see her legs. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot to process. So I don't recommend looking up the photos.
0: Well, you know what people are. They're going to hear this. Just be like, right. Ra- if you what? do, if you do look up these photos. You better be ready. Just. We're warning you. It's very graphic and disturbing.
1: Yeah. I mean, because we were researching this episode, I came across these, these photos.
0: <laughs> can't believe this stuff was out there. Oh, my God. Mm hmm. Some of this will not be in our story. <laughs> no, not. no.
1: It will, you'll have to search for some things on your own if, yeah. if you're curious. Two days after her death, he ate raw portions of her calves, which we saw, lips, thighs, breasts, and even a piece of her nose. Then with an electric carving knife, he cut and froze any of the remaining flesh, specifically from the pelvic region. He recounts that his favorite part was her neck and that, When he put the meat into his mouth, it was odorless and tasted like raw tuna from a sushi restaurant. Have you ever
0: had raw tuna from a sushi restaurant? Yeah, I love sushi. I don't know if I can eat it tonight. I'm glad (sighs) we're not having sushi. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Raw meat? No. Yeah.
1: He placed her head, torso, and legs into two suitcases and got into a cab heading to Bois de Boulogne.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bois de Boulogne.
1: Thank you. The French (laughs) one here. (laughs) Obviously, this is what you know this to expect that we don't know how to pronounce this stuff. Or at least I don't.
0: Well, no, the Japanese names. I'm always impressed. You don't even skip a beat.
1: I struggle with the European names, though. It's okay. I got you. Thank you. At least we can help each other there. (laughs)
0: There's somebody here.
1: When the driver helped him put the luggage in the car, he joked by asking him if there was a dead body in there. But he just said there were a lot of books, which reminds no, me of the... Dor- the Dor- <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's
1: like books are the go-to, like...
0: So if somebody says they have a box of books, be suspicious. <laughs> it's probably a dead body.
1: Yes. Make sure that you ask if you can see these books.
0: Yeah. Don't transport them because you may be an accomplice. <laughs> the poor taxi driver had no idea. <laughs> no idea. And
1: he, he was joking about it, too. Was so. he
0: Was he like, oh, is there a dead body in there? Ha, ha, ha. Yes. <laughs>
1: Oh, and there was. You sure did say that. So he planned on dumping the suitcase in the lake at the park, but the joggers and sunbathers there noticed that the suitcases were dripping with blood (laughs) and called the police.
0: Good. (laughs) He's just so not smart. Like he's not. And joggers are. See, they're up, they're getting those endorphins going, they're running. They're like, okay, that's blood dripping from a suitcase. Let's call the cops.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, when he like threw the suitcase, he says that there was like a man and his son over by the lake. And so he was so tired because he was so weak. (laughs) (laughs) So when the guy saw the suitcase, he like was opening it up and then he ran, (laughs) of course. And when he found the body parts, Yeah, that's the police. Yeah. Or en route. When the French police arrested him, he confessed by saying that he killed her to eat her. When officers searched his apartment, they discovered remnants of a meal that had included human flesh and René Hartvelt's ID. He awaited trial for two years and was examined by psychologists. Judge Jean-Louis Regier would find Sagawa mentally unfit to answer the charges against him, and so they were dropped the court ordered that he be held indefinitely in a mental institution. That makes sense. But we'll see what happens after this.
0: What can happen after this?
1: You're going to be like, what? (laughs) (laughs) While he was being held in the mental institution, he wrote a novel called In the Fog, which also includes illustrations. Japanese author Inuhiko Yamota published this autobiographical novel of his. It was about a man who murdered a woman, raped her corpse, and ate pieces of her. His family and Hartfeld's family were against publishing this book, but it was and would become a bestseller.
0: What? Oh, yes. no. Isn't that crazy? That's awful. Our poor family. I know. So there's no rule. Isn't There's a law in the U.S. about that, right? That murderers can't profit from stories about their victims or anything like that.
1: I believe so. It just seems like but when that was... happens, it's more of like their memoirs and them wanting to.
0: But he's actually profiting from telling his story. Yes. So, but this was in Japan that he did this or in France? This was in France. So maybe they don't have any, or maybe they didn't have a law about that.
1: Yeah. I didn't look that up. So I'm curious of, I mean, maybe afterwards
0: that. What, when did this happen? Like around, um, what, around what year?
1: 1985. Okay.
0: Yeah, I wonder. Well, obviously, they didn't have any loss about that, because he wouldn't have been able to publish it.
1: Yeah. So that's why I'm like, after this, maybe they did, but... Maybe.
0: Yeah, because that's just poor family.
1: It's like exploitation of her, what happened to her. Yeah. And then he gets to profit off of it. And the media, but
0: I mean... And, And it's a bestseller. Yeah.
1: Because the public was fascinated about the details of the murder, the necrophilia, and cannibalism. It's something so, like... What? Yeah, <laughs> you know you don't hear about things like that, and so when that kind of crime happens, people are fascinated. Like it's true. we, like we, like want we to are talk fascinated about... by stuff like that. Yeah, but you would never want like the victim's life to be exploited no. like that.
0: Like he writes a book and gets to tell about it, and then makes money from it. Absolutely not.
1: Yeah. Well, this was like the start of him becoming like a controversial celebrity in France and Japan.
0: Celebrity, huh?
1: So these are some of his the illustrations that are in the book. He's like a little demon man eating this. He is a
0: demon. Yes. Demon piece of trash. Another
1: garbage human. Garbage human. This is him where he's like trying to bite into her buttocks and he hurt his jaw.
0: (laughs) That's in the book.
1: Oh my Yes, My poor jaw. (laughs) So once again, if you want to look that up, it's out there, unfortunately. But I don't know if we'll be putting that in our story.
0: Uh, Yeah. I don't know about that. Because I feel like... It shouldn't even be out there for shouldn't. anybody. It shouldn't. Yeah. It's her, you know, her family. But that's I just the no start. The start. That's just the start, girl. Okay. Now you're getting the what? Yep. <laughs> I told you
1: you're going to be like, what? But what? you'll still be like, what? After this. <laughs> <laughs> Great.
0: In 1985,
1: the crime scene photos of Renee Hartveld's murder and dismemberment were leaked to the press and were published in a French magazine. Her body was nude, mutilated, and cut into pieces. The fact that these were published was traumatizing to the family, friends, and the public, and one reporter was even arrested due to the outrage, and law enforcement would seize more than 200,000 copies of the magazine. So her crime scene photos were leaked.
0: Those aren't supposed to be public. Remember an Israel Keys episode? Yeah, Samantha. Mm -hmm. Samantha Koenig's photos were never leaked, and people think that there's crime scene photos of her, and they're not. Those are fake.
1: Yeah, which is good, because yeah, they you don't shouldn't. want those photos of people's
0: family members right. out there. Yeah, but in well, France, is doing a great job, aren't they? Leaking photos, <sighs> publishing books. Okay. I don't want to say it was like a sensational
1: story, but it was a wild story that people couldn't fathom. And so that's why it became like infamous.
0: And I get it. The story, what happened, being in the media, but the actual crime scene photos, and then to have a book published by the murderer is disgusting. And where, yeah, where's the respect for the victim's
1: life? Yeah. So I'm sad for her and her family and her friends. I mean, seriously, that's messed up. After four years in the mental institution, his family hired a lawyer, and they convinced the French authorities it would be better for Sagawa to receive treatment in a Japanese facility. In 1984, he was deported and sent to Tokyo's Matsuzawa Hospital to be evaluated. It was determined that he had a personality disorder, but was not legally insane, so he could be held responsible for murder. They believed his motive for the murder was sexual perversion.
0: Yeah, I don't... Because I mean, yes, he admitted that himself, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he said it was like a he's sexually a, motivated crime. He's a smart
1: person. I don't think he's like... Mentally incapable of standing trial.
0: Yeah, I think he should go to trial. Yeah. He goes to trial. Well. (laughs) (laughs) What?
1: Well. (laughs) This being the case, the French authorities had sealed the court documents because his charges were dropped in France. Stop it. Yeah, because he was held, I mean, he was um, declared mentally incapable.
0: incapable. So he wasn't charged for the crime at all.
1: Yeah. And so the Japanese authorities had nothing to go off of. They couldn't pursue anything because that so case I was I don't know sealed. how that works
0: internationally. So I guess because there's nothing legally that they legally active that they could charge him with since it was dropped, they can't. Yeah. So he's a free man, girl. Ah, uh, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I told you you're gonna be like, <laughs> excuse me. So after spending 15 months in the hospital, he was released to his parents on August 12th. 1986, he was a free man and would appear at different events as a guest speaker or to be interviewed.
0: No! Oh, no, no, yes. no.
1: Give me a break. Why? They couldn't pursue any charges <sighs> against him. And because there was no other diagnosis other than he just has a personality disorder, they just released him to his family.
0: Man, I just don't even know what to say. It blows your it mind. It blows my mind. It really does. Unreal. He got away with murder.
1: Yep. So he's published over 20 books since being released, most generally about the same cannibalistic and or sexual content. He did write a commentary book about the Kobe child murders in 1997 and would write restaurant reviews for a magazine called Spa. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Doesn't taste like human, but it was four stars. I I know. know. It's like, why? Why? Why do people hire him? It's like they did
1: it as a kind of gimmick or something. Maybe
0: for the attention. Or the entertainment value. Maybe, yeah. Like, what did they say? No no publicity is bad publicity. So they thought, even if we get negative attention from this it's going to bring people in
1: yeah so i wonder if they were like how funny would it be if we had the cannibal right reviews reviews for our
0: yeah but that's just so in bad taste
1: Uh (laughs) i I uh, saw what you did (laughs) i didn't plan that (laughs) he was featured in several documentary and pornography films such as the cannibal superstar excuse me for living the cannibal that walks free yeah interview with a cannibal which i've seen the porn no that is the docu that's the interview, <laughs> the
0: interview. i was like have you been watching pornography about it was this for guy research
1: <laughs> no i have not no
0: i can't imagine that's uh, appealing <laughs> oh god that's that would just be disturbing
1: yeah and most recently cannibal he was even featured in a japanese movie called unfaithful wife shameful torture so people are Wanting
0: him in their movies. I don't understand this. Is he still alive? Will he be around when we go to Japan? Hopefully not, but we'll see. We will not go to any speaking event he's at.
1: Absolutely not. No, no, No. we're not helping that out. Mm
0: -mm. He was
1: also a freelance painter who worked under an alias and would convince women to pose and paint them nude. And also something else that I found interesting that I did not believe, but I had to look up. His crimes inspired the songs. La Folie? Is that how you say that? By the Stranglers? La Folie? La Fo... 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 <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep going. <laughs> and Too Much Blood by the Rolling Stones.
0: I did watch the video for that, Too Much Blood by the Rolling Stones, and they did show a fridge with stuff in it. Like there pieces blood, of flesh? There was blood coming out of the faucets. It definitely looked like it was inspired by that.
1: Yeah. I mean, even in the lyrics, it is about that. And if you don't believe me, look that up because I didn't believe
0: it. Um, I actually wrote a song about him.
1: How does that happen? I don't know. Was the video disturbing? I didn't watch it.
0: I mean, it was definitely like an 80s. I guess it was in the 80s, right? I think so, yeah. It, It looked like a late 80s, early 90s video. Did they even have videos in the 80s? Um, like the, you know, the MTV videos? Yeah. So it looked like one of those. And it was like a, I mean, the hairstyles and everything looked very late 80s, early 90s. Okay. But it wasn't super disturbing in the way those pictures were disturbing. I mean, because
1: the song, when you hear it, it's kind of got like a, a upbeat, funky kind of feel to it.
0: Yeah. And she, so... She's just like sitting on the couch and reading Life magazine and all the horrible stuff that's happening in the world. And it'll cut to like skulls in the ground and stuff in the fridge and blood coming out of the faucet. It was just very... I
1: wonder if it was like supposed to be a satirical kind of I
0: don't know. twist on that song. How can you even put some like twist that into something funny?
1: I have no idea, but they try <laughs> yeah. and they do. In 2005, both of his parents passed away, and he was not allowed to attend their funeral. He took this very hard because he loved his family. He paid off their creditors and then moved into public housing. It was difficult for him to find a job, but a French language school almost hired him as a manager because they were impressed that he was bold enough to use his real name, but the employees protested and he would be declined for the job. Good. Good job, employees.
0: Why would anyone even entertain that? I don't know. And because you were honest about that, I think you should have the job. Yeah. Like, good for you for being that
1: bold. That's stupid. That is ridiculous. (laughs) Good for those employees
0: who were like, what the hell? Yeah, they were in the right mind. They're like, this is ridiculous. No, we're not going to do this. No.
1: He'd tell interviewers that he wishes that he was sentenced to the death penalty because trying to live a life in a society is horrendous punishment.
0: But her family living the rest of their lives without her was not tremendous punishment. Basically, yeah. yeah. It's like he's
1: used for exploitation and then they're, when they're done with him, they're like,
0: we're done with you. We don't, we don't care. Good. I'm glad he feels just used and abused.
1: Basically, that's kind of how he feels. He fantasizes about death and says that his fantasy would be for a beautiful woman to murder him and that would be the best way to go out. So even <laughs> in death, he's finding some way to sexualize it.
0: So he just wants a woman to come over there and just kill him?
1: Yeah. He's there's really something wrong with him mentally. I think so, but I also think he's just demented in the head. Like he's just got a very not dark I mean it is dark, but it's, it's twisted. All twisted up, yeah. In twenty thirteen, he suffered a cerebral infraction and had to be hospitalized. It caused permanent damage to his nervous system. And he now requires regular assistance to perform daily functions, which is usually given to him by his brother or a caregiver. Hmm. So that's kind of like karma, because he doesn't get to die like he wants. Yeah. He has to... live out the rest of his life. Like a pathetic, sad life for him. The exact opposite of what he would want. Something big and sexual and not eating people.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't get to eat people anymore, so that's good. Yeah.
1: So, I, I told you I watched that interview with Vice. So, there's a part in his interview that stood out to me. The overall tone of the interview is disturbing, but there's a part where they convince a sex worker to meet with him on video and have sex with him. But they purposely don't disclose who he is and what crimes he committed. Why? For entertainment. This is, and this is something like the porn industry is very messed up. Like it's very dark they do just horrible things. They're already in a a really dangerous industry. And to just have this happen to her for their entertainment is just really wrong. Because listen to what they do. So they tell her to have sex with him three times. And after this, they sit together. They don't show the acts. They just show like, before they're interviewing her, and they're telling her like, Oh, do you know what you're about to do today? And she's like, I think I'm meeting with this guy. And um so then it cuts to when they're sitting on the couch talking
0: after they've had sex
1: yes okay yeah so but then you see her with her legs they're covered with a blanket and she's reading a book and he's like on another uh chair and he's telling her basically what he's done to people and she's reading the book and seeing the pictures of like what happened to renee oh no and she's just you just see her Did like freak out processing and like trying to remain calm
0: while she's being videotaped.
1: Yep, because the director knows what's going on. This is what they planned. So they're filming her and her reaction. And then it cuts to when she's in the car and she's like freaking out, like she's yeah. having like an anxiety attack and crying and still filming her. Like it's just so messed up. Yeah. And it really just made me angry. And I was like, I can't believe how much like they just did. Yeah. Women. Yeah. So there it is.
0: There's. He's the, just the a disgusting human. Oh, I can't even process all this right now.
1: <laughs> it's a lot to process. <laughs> yeah, it is. And so I was looking up things about cannibalism. So cannibalism is not socially acceptable in any part of the world. But in history and in some cultures, it's viewed as a way to guide or absorb a deceased soul or characteristics or cure illnesses. In some instances, it is to survive famine. And in others, it's a sexual craving.
0: So See, the famine thing, I think I would just have to die with anybody around me who died agreed yeah like i couldn't have to as well (laughs) Like, okay we're all going together guys like there's no more chicken wings in the world well oh well we'll become vegan and that if that doesn't work out we're dead at least i'll die skinny
1: (laughs) 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 but yeah i mean i had heard about issei sagawa a long time ago and i knew i wanted to cover him but just like researching it just kind of showed me how awful the media handled the situation and you just shake your head about like well, how how yeah. could he become a celebrity how did he make so much money like he published so many books became like a uh,
0: like an artist and what does that say about us i mean people that buy into that and then purchase stuff from serial killers especially because the money isn't it's not going to the victims so if the money's not going to the victims then it's just exploiting the whole situation and re-injuring the family. Yeah. And there's enough people that did it that obviously he was a bestseller.
1: Exactly. I was
0: I, I was like there's so, no way. Oh, it's supporting this person and what they did.
1: And he says that he lives a very difficult life. Um Good. before before he um was hospitalized, he says that life was very hard. It, you know, he had to do anything he had to do to try to make money. Um, and so that's why he wrote so many books. And that's why he resorted to all these different
0: th- paths. Um, well, if he hadn't killed her, he wouldn't have had to do all this stuff to make money. Well, that's what he says in the interview. That's like the first thing he says
1: is like, if I never killed her, then like, my life would have been different. And
0: He's but a- does he regret it? Does he have remorse for killing her? Or he just like regrets it because it, it hurts him?
1: I think it's more
0: along that line. Yeah, just selfish. Yes. Like, wow, it's really inconvenienced me.
1: <laughs> it, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's made his life very difficult.
0: And people look oh. at him a certain kind of way and... But they still help fund him. I don't get it. Yep. We will fund Zach Bagans. That's it. <laughs>
1: But only like a dollar
0: ninety nine. max. Yeah. Every other month. <laughs> Jeez. John Wayne Gacy had our work. I know, I know. I just can't I even just don't people get it. who like write to Cereal serial killers, killers and yeah. They like idolize them. I don't get it. We like talking about these stories, but we do not idolize serial killers. I would never at want all. to support them by buying anything that they've published or created. Yeah, nope, not at all.
1: No, it's just like I said when they write their memoirs and they want to tell their
0: side of the story, and it's like no, we, nobody cares. Yeah, like you're an awful person. But I do think in the U.S. they cannot profit from it, so I guess they can still do all the art they want and write books. But I think any proceeds would go to the victims' family. Okay, uh, in the in the U.S. I know that's it's a law.
1: Well, I hope that in other countries they have that law as well. Well, they didn't
0: have it in France in the 80s. No. They have it now. No. It's
1: like, it, it's like these things have to happen in order for these kind of laws to be created because I guess you don't think that humanity, people in society would do this stuff.
0: Yeah. But they can and they do.
1: Yep. As we keep telling you about.
0: (laughs) We, and we will keep telling (laughs) you about these things. Mm hmm. Okay, so there's the son of Sam law, which does stop serial killers from making money from their stories. But that's just a US thing. I don't know about other countries. And obviously, in France in the 80s, there was no such law.
1: And even in Japan, like they yeah. just continued that, that streak.
0: That's terrible.
1: So even though he didn't commit a crime in Japan, they still continued on the sensationalizing of that situation.
0: Well, he just thoroughly disgusted me you so you're welcome for that <laughs> I'm like really you know regretting my food choices now for dinner so
1: i know we usually have a, wings. I want to
0: fast for tonight i don't want to eat anything well we we do usually have wings don't we after we record it's usually
1: our go-to yeah yeah
0: i'll feel better about it we're not talking about isei sagawa
1: yeah so who are we talking about next
0: oh i don't know <laughs> I should probably start thinking about that. Okay. Okay. That's Um, fine because
1: I didn't know last time either.
0: Yeah. So it'll be a surprise. I was kind of between missing and murdered indigenous women. And then there was, um, wasn't there another one you said I was supposed to do? Was it Richard Speck I had on my list? So it may be one of those two or it may be a random one.
1: Maybe. I mean, listen, Just because I, do you know how many times I was like texting Summer, like, <laughs> I think I'm going to cover this one. <laughs> it was
0: three different things. Yeah. She's like, okay, I'm going to cover this. And then she's like, okay, so actually I think I'm going to cover this. And then like a day later. So what I'm really covering <laughs> is Isi Zagala.
1: Yes. But that's because I couldn't finish. There was no way I was going to finish a book in time and then do my notes.
0: Because you have a really good one. So after whatever my episode is, then are you doing the one about the first possible female serial killer ever?
1: And vampire. And vampire. I think I think so. i need to finish the book, and if I can, then we'll make it work. We'll Is it going to be in a
0: two-parter? Let's not get hasty it. now. <laughs> not too ambitious. Not too, no. <laughs> and then, oh, we also have something going on tonight that'll be kind of fun for us.
1: Oh uh, yes, we're <laughs> tuning in into. Uh, uh meeting not meet and greet, uh, but like a drink and and speak, <laughs> <kind> <laughs> drink
0: of thing. and hang out. I guess uh, Zoom with Necronomal Pod. Yes,
1: our face. Is it
0: is it via Zoom? Do we know how to even do this? Well, we'll figure it we're, out. We're Patreons, so
1: yes. So if you are also a Patreon, let us know because oh, we
0: might see you there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> By that time, it'll be too late. But well, maybe next quarter. Next quarter, we'll <laughs> see. You.
0: You won't know because we don't record and then publish the same day. So we're not that
1: quick. Yeah.
0: No, we'll be, we'll be telling you about the past when you're listening, but we'll have to let you know how it went. We'll have
1: fun with our wings and our little uh, podcast
0: event. Yeah. It'll be fun. It'll be great. All right. Well, anything else? No more probing. No, none of that. We don't need any of that. (laughs) What if I was abducted by an alien?
1: Well, I would be very sad. I mean, when would you come back? I would hope... (laughs) Tell them to, to bring you back quick.
0: Okay. So that you can I'd work. be like, I can only stay for a weekend, aliens. <laughs> then I have to go back.
1: <laughs> so I can tell Jennifer all about it.
0: <laughs> but that would be an episode, ma'am.
1: Yes it would. Oh no, gosh. I, I,
0: I don't think that will happen. Alright, well that's that's it from us, I think. Until next time. Stay caffeinated. Get
1: hobbies. And don't
0: murder people. Bye. And don't eat them either.
1: Oh, that's number what? one. The fuck. Like Do we need to add that to the
0: (laughs) – and don't eat people? A little star disclaimer also. (laughs) Amendment. (laughs) And also don't eat people. And also don't eat people.